0: relax, buckle in. It's going to be a wild ride. I know those things don't quite go together. Sit back, relax, and buckle in. But it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to get the conversation started right now. And as always, don't forget, if you like what you hear, please rate and review our podcast. I am super excited to have a very exciting guest here with us today. Laura DiBenedetto is here. And she is so much fun. Like my energy just goes up from having her on the other side of the phone. That's the type of person she is. And she's a TEDx speaker, a number one bestselling author. Her book is titled The Six Habits and Life Master. She's a life mastery coach. And she teaches how to create the life of our dreams without sacrificing what we love. As founder and CEO of Vision Advertising, a company that she built at age 19, she has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs build and grow profitable enterprises entirely on their terms. You can find more about her at her website titled thesixhabits.com. That's the six spelled out, S-I-X, habits.com. So go there, check her out, connect with her across social media as well while you're there. Laura, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to spend time with you.
0: I'm excited to have you here. This is fun. Like I said, you're just, you're always like at another level. Like, do you drink a lot of coffee throughout the day or are you, are you coffee,
1: so to speak? <laughs> Am I coffee? <laughs> uh, listen to me. If I had more than one cup, I'd be hearing my hair grow. And as it is, I'm a motor mouth. Like, nobody needs me with more caffeine. So. No. <laughs> I wish I could
0: hear my hair grow but then it would still be quiet anyway. So it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but, but That's a good
1: one, but I'm <laughs>
0: <laughs> But it's I'm so glad to have you here. I mean, you are a what I would classify as a super achiever. I mean, you've achieved a lot. You've retired oh. or built a successful business, retired early. The, you know, you've done the TEDx thing got a number one bestseller under your belt you're currently operating another business right now like where do you find the time in the day
1: well the secret is i'm actually a vampire and i don't sleep (laughs) so no i'm absolutely obviously full of crap i think it's just a matter of prioritizing Mm. and actually saying no to a lot of stuff I really want that. And you got to understand that no matter what you choose, it's either time with your husband on the beach, which I love to have, or going out in nature, or doing a podcast, or writing a book, like everything is a choice. And you just really have to make your choices. I really want that. And I'm okay with it costing me that because there's always going to be a price. And everybody's like, Oh, you can have it all lies. You can have it all, but not at the same time. So you have to choose what you want your time to go into.
0: Yeah. I like to say you can have all of what you want. You can't have all of everything. You have to be you know, specific on what you want and you can have that if you prioritize to get that. Now, let me ask you this question. With doing so much and so many things, happen, like let's pretend like someone comes to you and they know how to say no already because that's a whole other conversation in and of itself. Let's just pretend saying no isn't the problem. How do you help someone know what to say no to?
1: Boy, that's such a good question. I find that some of the clients that I work with really struggle with saying no to stuff and as a result are feeling lots and lots of burnout in life. And it's really being hyper aware of, whoa, feeling some burnout. Okay, why are you taking on too much? And what do you need to stop? And perhaps can this thing that you really want, that you should want, that you should have, can this wait? Can it wait a month, a year, a lifetime? Like, can this actually wait or is it so urgent? And then it's really kind of classifying things into, I need this, I want this, and then I need this right now, or I need this soon, or I need this eventually. And putting things in those buckets really, really makes a difference.
0: Do you think the hardest part in this, like, this conversation that we're having and for someone to really grasp to be able to say yes or no, do you think clarity and lack thereof is one of the major obstacles people have?
1: Oh, totally. I mean, we get caught up in movement for the sake of movement, also known as momentum. You know, oh, oh my God, I'm so busy. I hate that word, busy. You know, busy sucks. I am productive. I am creating. I am building. These are better things. Oh, hustle and grind. Nope, 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 nope. Those are just not positive words for me. Um, I like to see people focused. I am choosing where to powerfully invest my time. I have prioritized my time. I am building something epic, you know?
0: You just touched on a whole bunch of things. And I need to, let me just kind of vent for a minute and then I'm going to let you (laughs) do in. Because the hustle, hustle, grind, grind thing, really, for lack of a better term, grinds my gears, so to speak.
1: I, it, it, gets people, <laughs> like out.
0: it gets people so fed into this, I have to be busy. Like what you just said, I don't like the word busy either. Because when someone tells me they're so busy, the first thing I say is, yeah, but are you being productive? And so the busy thing, like I got to hustle, hustle, grind, grind. I got to stay busy. But then it's like, you don't have to... Being busy doesn't necessarily equal successful or accomplishment or achievement. It's like, you can be super successful without being busy, without it being painful. I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people think that in order to get to quote unquote, the top or the level they want to be at, they have to struggle to get there. And that's not always the case. The minute that I changed my belief from, I have to like, I always had this belief that if I wasn't successful or I wasn't hitting the goals that I wanted to hit, it was because I wasn't working hard enough. And so I was working 16 hour days and telling myself you're just not working enough and it got to the point where it's like where are these hours going to come from because that's not the the answer is not always you're not working enough and i think that's the culture that's being created do you agree
1: yeah and i hate it also grinds my gears um (laughs) dude i can't stand it It, like i i am also going to take umbrage with something Let's Go unpack it. that. So Let's do it. I'm on uh, I'm on social media sometimes, and like I see these things where like you know like the ma- millionaire hustle or whatever you call your Instagram page, right? And it's like you know make sure you get up at 4 a.m. and get a jump on everybody else. I'm like you, you hateful, mean spirited, just mm, nasty word. You know, like I. Don't like what you're doing to people because you're setting people up to, number one, destroy their health and trade it for material stuff, which, by the way, if you don't have your health, you get nothing. Um, Second of all, you're really missing the point. Sure, you can work 20 hours a day and die young. No, the whole point of living is being alive and fully experiencing life and joy. And let me tell you something as a person that's quote unquote made it and has done all the things. First of all, it's a lie. Second of all, it's not the amount of hours you put in. It's what you do with them. It's efficiency. It's quality over quantity. I can't stand when people do this and like, quote unquote, like influencers and thought leaders, they all need to be punched in the face and sat the hell down. You don't know how to work. You're never going to be a millionaire. Pipe the hell down and make way for the people that actually know how to do it. Get your damn sleep.
0: Amen, sister. I love it. And I think like, you know, (laughs) the other thing is it just everything you said there, there's so much because it's the culture that's being cultivated, that whole fake it till you make it type thing. And don't get me wrong. I think there is a certain piece of thing where you have to cultivate belief you have to create belief because without belief you know you 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 get as human beings i think it's human need psychology tells us that the greatest need in the human personality is to prove who we are to ourselves is to act consistent with who we believe we are so Mm -hmm. once we have a belief about ourselves but if you just if you try to modify those beliefs over time if you use visualization and then if you act as if but i don't mean fake it till you make it i mean just stay persistent if there's something that you want have another conversation, uh, make another call, do something, even if the answer is always no, because eventually if you get 1% better every day, you're going to break through. But that doesn't mean you have to do 100% of the work today. You do a little bit each day and you get better over a period of time. And I think the point is patience, right? More patience, less grind.
1: Yeah. I mean... You basically just talked about a lot of the contents of my book. Um, the whole reason why I wrote the book is because I spent years doing the whole hustle, grind, blah, blah, just that whole destructive path. And, you know, I got to the finish line. I say that in air quotes that you can't see, but like I got to the finish line and I had the money, the the toys and tons of awards and all kinds of stuff. And I felt just as empty as when I started because that's not where happiness is. Happiness comes from inside of you and you can actually create much better levels of success and joy if you actually like work on you. So you were talking a lot actually about the habit of intention, which is habit number 6. Intention is how we process our desires, right? And as a mental habit, not as like a thing we do like making breakfast every morning. This is this is a habit of the mind, right? You approach your goals differently. You always move things forward. You automatically prioritize. You get really clear about what you want. And you get clear about saying no. And like habit number two, acceptance. This is where we got to get like really super good with who we are. Because and all these six habits work together, by the way, when you unconditionally love yourself you stop trying to prove yourself to others. You don't even need to prove yourself to you. You could sit on the couch, smell like day-old garbage, and still know, hmm I am great. Okay. And that's important because it means you'll stop chasing the stuff that actually doesn't matter to you. And it helps with the prioritization process. So when you accept yourself as part of a mental habit that you always do, you always choose self-love, you always opt into the self belief always, right? It makes the habit of intention that much easier because you aren't trying to prioritize according to a false set of metrics. Of like, oh, do I have the right car? Do I, am I skinny enough? Do I have enough awards? Do I have enough money? No, 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 no. Your yardstick will be, is this bringing me joy? Does this actually fulfill my purpose? Is this actually what I'm supposed to be doing? And do I actually care about this at all?
0: Well, I think uh, you're absolutely right. And I think a lot of people have it backwards, right? They think once I get the money, the toys, all of these things, then I'll be happy. But it's like, Really, in if you want happiness, you have to have it before you get all of those things because those things and happiness aren't, they're not mutually exclusive. It's not one leads to the other. They're independent of one another. Like the people I know who are the happiest that I've talked to, and I've talked to a lot of people, are the people who they might enjoy having the toys, but they don't need anyone to know they have the toys because they, they have it for their own. You know, I like to drive this car because I always wanted this car growing up and now I get to drive it. I don't care if people see it. I don't care if people even know I have it. Some people, in fact, have really nice cars that I know because that's what they want and they're super successful, but they don't want people to know they have it because they want to stay humble. And, you know, I think that's the difference. It's like, it's not, I'll get, I'll be happy once this happens. It's how can I be happy now Mm -hmm. with everything that I already have? Because right now this moment actually is perfect if I choose to look at what's good in it. And then if I operate from that place of happiness, Think of how much more success you'll have in the long run.
1: Totally. Well, you know what? Um, I live on the island of Maui in Hawaii and yeah. I haven't I always feel lived. So here. bad for you. Right? I <laughs> know. My heart's bleeding too. Ugh. <laughs> but I think a lot of people that have interviewed me and have probably heard me on podcasts make the assumption, oh, so you moved to Maui and then, you know, that made you even happier actually, that's not true. Happiness is the source of happy things. It's not happy things being the source of happiness. And that's extremely important to um, clarify. And what I mean, just in the context of living in Hawaii, it was only when I truly loved myself, stopped comparing myself to others, stopped you know, trying to please others and living my life to just make other people happy, did I finally gain the courage, confidence, and excitement to be like dude I'm doing this I'm moving so I got happy first and when I got here it was so much sweeter I didn't arrive with this big like emotional pile of crap I had to sort out it was like I made it okay let's party let's hang out with all the turtles all of them
0: (laughs) was Hawaii something you always wanted to do or was it something that came as you were you know doing doing the day-to-day things
1: I feel like a lot of little kids dream of like having like tropics and palm trees. I mean, I used to draw little pictures like that when I was a kid. And then, um, I don't know, I feel like it was something I always really enjoyed and appreciated. Then my mom brought me here 10 years ago. Oh, game over. (laughs) So I was like, whoa, Hawaii is incredible. You should have seen my house in Massachusetts. Like everything was like blue and white and beige, you know, and like seashells and paintings of the ocean and flowers and everything. Well, I got
0: to ask you this, because you went to Hawaii 10 years ago when you were, you know, it was quite, was it a vacation when you went there the first time?
1: Yes. Um, It was like the 10th time that I actually moved here.
0: Okay. So when you moved there, because, you know, it's one thing to vacation places, it's quite another to live there. Is it like an everyday vacation though still, or is it like, you know, do, do you have the same amount, does it have the same feeling, put it that way, as when you visited there now that you live there?
1: No, um, it's different when you when you're on vacation mode. You're you're kind of you know in tourist mode. Do all the things, everything you're experiencing for the first time. When the world is not lit up by coronavirus things, businesses are open. You can go on like tours and do things like that. And for the first six months, it was similar to being on vacation because I did tons of stuff outside. Like I went on trails that have been closed now for quite a while. Um, I was doing lots of things and there was people everywhere and it just kind of contributed to this awesome, like Aloha vibe of people just being so happy. And like, that's the thing about moving here that I loved. Every time I would meet someone, they had a big smile on their face. Like, oh, Disney, I'm sorry, you are not the happiest place on earth. It would be the islands because, you know, everybody here, you know, they're coming on vacation and they're happy. Couples, oh my God, they're so in love. But it's been really quiet. Things have been closed down. Businesses have been dying. So, no, it's not the same. But the fact that I can go to the ocean anytime I want, I can see it from my pillow. And if I'm having a stressful day, I can just chill out in the hot tub. These are really awesome perks. (laughs)
0: i i i can say i don't feel bad for you in the least i think that
1: (laughs) i know (laughs) nobody does but, um,
0: but um no i mean it's there are certain places where all of us and they're different for all of us where we go and we just feel more like we belong there like the place resonates it just feels like we should be there have you felt that feeling anywhere else other than hawaii
1: um yeah, actually I feel at home in three places in the world so far. I feel very at home in Massachusetts cuz it's where I'm from. Um a little fish out of water cuz I'm probably um a bit perkier and more like colorful. <laughs> um like nobody wears hot pink in February in Massachusetts but I do. <laughs> well they should i agree pink so all I the time at home here like i was just driving down the road yesterday with the ocean on my um on my right and i was just driving home and just listening to some reggae windows down i was like yeah it just feels okay. like so good and like so home but i also feel at home in italy
0: mm. oh yeah me too i love italy i mean my family's I'm from driving, italy. like
1: a food addict and it's so like it oh yours. my god get in my belly
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the best food I've ever had. I mean, I was a chef for six years and I ate some, you know, worked with some of the best chefs in the world and don't get me wrong. Their food was tremendous, but I haven't had anything that beats Italy. I mean, even the, the oh, smallest hole in the wall restaurant in Italy, the food there to me is 10 times better than any five-star restaurant.
1: Oh my God. I remember going to this little dump in the middle of Genova. Um, it's, uh, it's a little coastal city. Um, and uh, wow. Wow. The service was terrible. They were mean and glaring at me because I clearly don't live there. And no, I no speak the Italian, you know, like, oh my God, but the food, like it just arrived on this crappy little plate that like somebody, some you know, nonna had in her cabinet for like a hundred years. But it was this absolutely decadent, pillow of like the most fresh ricotta and like this fresh like hand ground pesto sauce that they made just like that day and like I remember taking a bite and I was with a friend she's talking I'm like hang on I need a
0: minute (laughs) I mean I'm hungry just hearing you talk but real quick one of my stories (laughs) from Italy that I thought was funny and the the I when I was there, I was the last time I was there. I was probably, or the, I know, I should have the first time I was there. I was eight years old. I was a kid, and I went with my parents and my grandparents too. So I was staying with my grandparents, and and we actually stayed in the house my grandfather grew up in when he was a kid, which was really cool. But my mom and dad went into the city, into the little town, to actually to eat, and there was only one restaurant that had air conditioning, and that's why they picked that restaurant because there's not a lot of air conditioning there where there wasn't when we went. And so my dad, who doesn't really, he speaks. Some from growing up, but not mm-hmm. enough to really communicate. Was trying to communicate with the waiter about like what they want and how to order. And he was trying real hard. And I guess the waiter just kind of let him struggle and then looked at him and went, Maybe I understand you better if you speak English. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 so I thought that was funny. That was a good, good little lesson there. But yep. uh, yeah, Italy, nice to at least try. They do. I mean, no matter where you go in the world, people always appreciate the effort to hear. Mm-hmm their own language spoken to them, even if it's butchered and it's completely horrific. Yeah. I remember my first time in Mexico, perdone, senor, <laughs> where is the baño? <laughs> and, like Mexican homeboy. He's like, uh, it's to the left. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Sorry, man. He's like, hey, I appreciate <laughs> that you tried. You butchered it. Go back to Spanish The bathroom bath. is to the <laughs> left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That's awesome. But, Laura,
0: thank you so much for being here. I have so much fun talking with you. I can't wait to bring you back for the next episode because we promised we're going to do round two. I'm gonna remind people the six habits.com is where they can find you. That's the S I X habits.com. So go there, see what Laura's up to, connect with her. Laura, it's been so much fun, and I can't wait to do it again.
1: Me too. Thank you.